This is episode 23 of the Rise Up Podcast. We're a morning radio show hosted by Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life, a network of stations across New York and Pennsylvania. Our podcast is a weekly conversation that will help you think and grow in your faith. If you haven't already, subscribe today so you don't miss a single episode and find out more about our show at familylife.org. We hope the rest of your day is just as much fun as this. You're listening to Rise Up on Family Life. Well, I can definitely say this with a complete degree of certainty. Yeah. I think. (laughs) I was the last one here to be part of a, I mean, a student at a VBS, a Vacation Bible School program. True or false? Uh, I never went to VBS. I never went to VBS either. Okay, then. Um, I am the only one to have been. A vacation Bible school student here. Congratulations, Yeah, yeah. So my uh, reasonable degree of certainty has now become complete, and it's <laughs> it sticks with me. It sticks with you. It's funny how just a few days ago I was reminded of big, big God, our big, big God. And, you know, we think about how big he is when we look at the stars, when we look at our world around us. I think about that, too, sometimes when I see bugs, because when I was seven years old, I was at a vacation Bible school where that was the theme about how big God is in the world. And they used bugs to kind of teach that. And Mm. no, I've never been, I mean, I wasn't the kid who went out and voluntarily collected bugs and brought them back inside to terrorize my family with. Uh, But we did get a fun little opportunity to gather these little chrysalis and see how the butterfly changes and all that Mm. stuff. It sticks with you. It sticks with you. And that was the first vacation Bible school program I had been at. And it's just such a reminder of the way that God does things through experiences we have when we're younger. It sticks. It matters. Well, I'll take the other side. Uh, I didn't, as we already uh, told, that I did not go to vacation Bible school. Well, as a kid, I didn't. As an adult, I took my kids. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't ever yeah. look past the adults taking part, and when I say taking part, many vacation Bible schools, not all, but the ones my kids went to, had a program at the end of the week, right? And they did what they learned, and sometimes it was music involved with a little play or or whatever. And and my first one that I went to, and every one after that, you know, the kids would get up and sing a song, and or a few songs, and that was fun. But I remember the first one I went to, uh, our son, and I'm trying to think how old he was at the time, might have been, I don't know, five, six, seven years old, somewhere in that area. And uh, he got up there and with nothing written in front of him, he just got up there in front of the microphone and said, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. And I thought, well, that's pretty cool. Where'd that come from? Uh, Well, Luke chapter two is where it came from. But it was my kids who through vacation Bible school were really teaching me because, you know, it's it's been well established, I think, on the radio program that I said, you know, I didn't come to Jesus until later in life. And um, yes, I'd already come to Jesus when we had kids. But that word was not implanted in me as a child like it was in you, Tim. So when I when I see the kids doing things and I'm like, Wow. So they sharpened me through their vacation Bible school. So the importance mm-hmm. of, yes, the vacation Bible school for the kids is important, but it's it's great to invite mom and dad and, and all the grandparents and aunts and uncles and everybody else, uh, whether they know the word or not, to those programs, because his word never comes back void. It's funny. I, I never went to a vacation Bible school when I was a kid, but I wanted to. And we've talked about this in previous podcasts, how I just had this desire to know something about God 
like decades before I actually came to know Jesus. And I remember seeing all those VBSs pop up in my town and being like, man, I wish I could go to that. But for Mm. some reason, you know, I thought you had to be something, you know, it had to be that denomination or whatever to go to that thing, which ironically, our goal with most vacation Bible schools is to get people who aren't churched into the vacation Bible school. And so um, when we got plugged into a church after our girls were born, you know, they would go to vacation Bible school, but then I would get to volunteer at vacation Bible school. And it was kind of neat because I didn't do a lot of volunteering with the VBS kids, but I would help out in like the preschool wing. And that's where like the VBS workers would put their kids during the day. And so the hours in that wing would be longer and harder. I mean, think about it. If your VBS program is like four hours long, your VBS workers are probably going to be there a half hour to an hour ahead of that. And then they usually stay late because they have to wait till all the kids get picked up. And then there might be a meeting and clean up and things like that. So you're talking like sometimes six hours with a room full of two-year-olds. That's That's a lot, Mm -hmm. you know, but there was something about it, even though it was hard and it was hard. I mean, it's hard to keep a group of of toddlers entertained for that amount of time in a pretty confined space. But we would get creative as a team and we would get to do really fun, you know, inventive like, okay, what today can we do with them to kind of, you know, make six hours not seem like (laughs) six hours. But it became real ministry to me because God would just convict me that, It was important work that by watching those littles, I was allowing other grownups to go and explain to little Timothys about how big God is, you know, compared to little tiny bugs and and to be able to teach little wills, you know, scripture that they would profess from the, the stage on Friday night so that their parents, you know, sitting there would be able to hear. And so it became kind of this ministry inside the ministry. And there are so many people who make Vacation Bible Schools happen. Uh, It's just amazing to me to see how that church body comes together, how many people take time off from work, you know, use their vacation days to be able to be a part of Vacation Bible School. It's really neat. I'm I'm just kind of curious, Tim, you know, of all the things that go into all that programming. I mean, some churches put on these elaborate skits or the crazy decorations or the ridiculous snacks or the sports camp part of things or the games. Like, what was it as a kid that you were like, that was the best part to me? Yeah. The 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 things that still stick with me to this day are definitely the songs and because that's so often the case, you know, it's a melody, it's words, and it sticks in so many different ways. And the lessons were also like a fun thing because they were skits, like they were creative. Right. It was going that extra mile that made me kind of remember, like, I felt like I was, I'm not kidding here, I really did feel like I was inside of these Bible stories because there were like tents, biblical tents, you're camping out with the Israelites. It was that extra mile of creativity and just that extra touch that made it stick for all these years. And I got to see that in our own church, in our vacation Bible school program, there was this little 
decoration for our kind of safari theme where we had a little a monkey, this little stuffed monkey. And one of the kids really liked this monkey. And we kind of became buddies throughout the week. And you were the monkey, the uh, monkey and the kid, uh, or the. Or, I think okay. well, that's and the a, child. Tim, that's, okay, I, gotcha. I formed a bond with this yeah. stuffed monkey. You see, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, we this, we we mm-hmm. were buddies, me, this sure. kid and I, and he really liked this this monkey, and he liked me too, this monkey over here, mm-hmm. and it was fun that you know by the end of the week I had gotten to ask the person who brought the prop. I said, hey, would it be would it be okay if I did something with this? Like, do you need this back? Mm-hmm. No, they didn't need it back. I gave him the monkey at the end of the week, just a little thing. Mm-hmm. I don't remember i mean it was i had to convince him it was okay to take this it meant so much for him to be able to have this monkey from that fun church thing he did and this was a kid like you said Therese, who was not part of our regular church body mm. months later months after vbs he and his family were in the area they visited and what do you think he remembered and mm-hmm. told me about exactly right. where that monkey was in his room? That brings such a smile to my face to know just how those things can stick and last in a child's heart. Awesome. Can I go back to Luke chapter two? The you know when when Will got up on stage and said, "And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man." At that point, I didn't know, and maybe you don't know that story. Jesus was only twelve years old, it's not, and I didn't again not growing up in the Word didn't know all these stories from the Bible and Jesus, you know, was there in the temple at 12 years old and, and listening and people were just amazed by his answers and, and his questions and and things like that. And, uh, and again, I didn't have a lot of knowledge. He wasn't even driving yet. He was only 12. Well, they didn't have any cars either, but (laughs) (laughs) he could have had a chariot, I suppose. Oh, that's true. But I don't think he had to have a license. And maybe that's (laughs) That's why he wanted to be increased in stature. So he could reach the steering steering wheel. wheel. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, I guess he didn't need a vision test either because he had this great vision. He had great it's vision. It's pretty funny when you realize that some people use their great gifts to serve in things like vacation Bible school. And it's a shame, Steve, that your humor yeah. isn't utilized in, in, some a, in a proper way. Church Such somewhere. Somewhere. Such somehow. a shame. <laughs> it's Steve, Therese, and Tim helping you to rise up on family life, a friend you can turn to. Oh, they start out so sweet and so innocent, those little babies. Oh. And then they learn they can get you to do stuff. <laughs> And then the power in the house shifts. If you've got a baby about six months, they start to make noises to get a reaction. These are different than the noises that Steve makes on occasion, which also get reactions. Some similarities. They will do things like babble. They will do things like giggle. And they will do things like cough. Are these really different than the noises Steve makes? <laughs> <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> yes. Sounds sound similar, doesn't Just it? Just checking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But here's the thing about baby coughs, especially in this day and age, you're like, <gasps> the baby's coughing. Yeah. Like, what mm-hmm. is, you know, like we've become so hypersensitive mm-hmm. about coughs, and babies will fake cough. And they do it because usually when a baby coughs, like, <gasps> either mom or dad just like comes running and then. They like lock eyes with you. Sometimes they'll laugh a little bit. And so if your baby coughs, don't be alarmed. You might see, are there any other symptoms? You know, is there a fever, a runny nose, anything like that? You can call your pediatrician, but it might just be your very normal baby who's learning a new way to communicate, which yeah. is much different than our very abnormal coworker. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Don't encourage him. 
Are you ready to face the day? No? That's okay. You can hang out with us until you're ready. This is Rise Up on Family Life. Howdy, partners. Well, howdy, Steve. Well, apparently I am more of a cowboy than I thought. Never fancied myself to be one. But as I check about my morning beverage, I see that I drink cowboy coffee every morning or close to it. There's so many varieties of cowboy (laughs) coffee uh, because cowboy coffee is all about the strength, not the taste. That's cowboy coffee. That is how a cowboy would do it. Sometimes it's pretty thick coffee. And people who've ever had my coffee that I make, it's it's very much like that. Thank you, (laughs) ma'am. I can hear the spurs jingling. Well, also, also, after we put some of those eggs on the skillet, we take some of those eggshells and put them in our coffee grounds. That'll take away, if you don't like some of the acidity of that coffee, you can make it a little bit better. Little eggshells in the grounds. That'll help with that. And uh, and it'll keep the the grounds from the bottom of your coffee cup as well. So, there you go. Strength, not taste. Plus... I just can't, since I talk like this now, I can't see myself going into one of them fancy places and saying, I'll take a caramel frappuccino, half-calf, no whip, with oat milk. And just hold the eggshells. <laughs> just Yellow doesn't milk. sound good. Even on the spur of the moment. May the blessings of the Lord be with you in all that you do today. This is Rise Up on Family Life. I'm really trying to relate to the sports ball. So uh-huh. okay. you know, it's right. usually the not the sports that catches my eye. I don't know what's going on with sports, but science-type articles usually seem interesting to me. So I thought maybe, maybe this is where I can finally relate. Mm. I saw an article about the science behind why different sports use the different ball designs that they have. Okay. I thought, oh, that's interesting. I thought it was just for fun. Well, no. Turns out there's some science to it. Like the high pressure of a basketball, it's kept at the exact kind of PSI that it is so that it's perfect for dribbling. Okay. And it's got all those little bumps on the surface that help give it a good grip. Okay, that's fun. Mm-hmm. They was comparing it to volleyball. So they're roughly kind of similar size, but they've got a different thing going on. They're a lot lighter, of course, so mm-hmm. you can volley them. Mm -hmm. See, I got that. Right. They've got tiny little dimples in the surface that help them be more aerodynamic so they can fly better. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe I'm missing something here, though, because I'm thinking, okay, the high pressure of a ball with like a lot of little bumps on it, that's for basketball. So we could use football instead. Also, we could use footballs when we're playing basketball, maybe. Am I getting Mm -hmm. that? Okay. Maybe. Uh, and and uh, a, a small they don't bounce as much. Oh, okay, all right. But then, but we could use a light ball with a lot of dimples in it for volleyball. So I'm thinking like a golf ball. Golf. Like that would work for volleyball. We could use okay. golf balls, maybe. Mm, that would be, should I? Tim, that would be an uh, interesting game. Should I leave well, it off. Uh, the science part was interesting for you. Okay, it's just right. the relating okay. to sports, you still got to work on. Keep a trying. Bit. Yeah, okay. keep don't trying, even yeah. start with the hockey pucks. Oh no! Oh no! No. Sharing the message of hope. It's Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life. With all due respect to the news uh, department, you guys do a great job covering the, I mean, you guys do the little stories like uh, it's like Supreme Court stuff and things like that. But you don't have time many times for the bigger stories Uh, like, you know, like Mm -hmm. when bears get like caught in a tree and have a a big, big plastic jar stuck on the bears. You don't have time for (laughs) things like that. 
Yeah. You're busy there's with those, a, those other are little big stories, yeah. There's. The other little things, but you do know in the news department, stories are much more effective when you can get like interviews, and you guys have them all the time, and yeah. you, you talk to the people making the news, uh, and and you get the background, right, right, and good soundbite so, or something. Exactly. This story about the bear with the jar has so many. There's so many amazing parts of this story. Again, you didn't have time for it, but uh, we were able to. Here's the, one of the amazing things: we we're able, uh, we we're able to actually the, the the bear's fine, but we we're able while the jar was on the bear's head uh-huh. Uh-huh. we were able to uh we were able to get our microphones uh out there oh. and actually uh, talk to the bear yeah. really? uh, to see there was mm-hmm. a crowd the bear was up in a tree and there was a crowd down below staring and mm-hmm. you know you know saying things to the well, well anyhow, I'll, I'll let I'll, you be the judge you be the judge. hey quit making fun of me i yeah i hear you yeah i'm in a pickle jar yeah that's funny oh oh yeah that's a good one yeah i made a boo-boo <laughs> yeah, I'm a bear. Boo. I get it. Hey, give, I'm in a, I'm in a pickle jar. Right. I can't bear it. Okay. Yeah, I get all that. Just get me out of here. Why did? I wish it was peanut butter. Yeah. So as you can see, there's amazing things about this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple amazing things. Yeah. One, I want to, mm-hmm. Brandon. I don't know if you noticed this too, but I, I've never talked with a bear myself. But right. they sound remarkably like. Steve, very, very similar, very yes. similar. Who knew that? Who knew similar. that? Have you ever talked to a bear, yeah. Brandon? No, no. See, this, so this informative. I've heard from a bear. Right, exactly. Again, yeah. the bear's fine and doing all that kind of stuff. So, just amazing things <laughs> about that story. Uh, I mean, they're, they're out in the woods. I mean, you've never tried to talk no. to them, so you don't know if that can't happen. We blew right. the lid off that story. Yeah, yeah that's sure. it. Okay, so again, we're just here to help out the news department. Yeah. Thank you. You go back yeah. to those little things like there, there's like an election day today. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 just a primary. Have to take care of that. We've got the jarring news. We weren't sure how you liked your coffee, so we didn't make any. Hope that's okay. It's Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life. Many times uh, we've said that music is very relaxing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can go maybe even a little deeper. There are some songs that are so good you can only enjoy them in the dark, in the deepest depths of the Earth's underground. In a world where there are mysterious musical drips at every turn, the greatest hits of Spelunking from Underground Records and Rise Up. You'll enjoy hits like Everything is Coming Up Stalagmites and Don't Take Me for Granite. Plus the bonus track, If Rocks Could Talk, I Wouldn't Be So Lonely. You might think you can do without this unique collection of hits, but you'll eventually cave. This classic mix of hard rock and soft rock is only available for a limited time. Make the call. It's just a minor inconvenience to buy yours today. Or stream it on Calcify. The greatest hits of spelunking from Underground Records and Rise Up. <laughs> 